So we just did Chucky 2. I'm sorry, Child's, Child's Play, Play 2. Child's Play 2. What do you think, Justin? Um, I feel like that's how I started every single one is um. <laughs> and then I say something insightful. Uh, it's It was a Child's Play movie. It was good. Yeah. I feel like it was... If This feels like a sequel to me. Yeah. Like it's like, let's... See who we can, can we get you? Can we get you? Can we get, okay, so we have this combination of people, mm-hmm. and now we have to figure out how to make it work with right, this so combination of people. We have to write out these people. Yes. And had we gotten the exact opposite people, we still would have made a movie. Right. We just don't know what that movie would have been. Right. Uh, and that's what it feels like. Yeah. Uh, I'll, yeah. Uh, there's, we did an episode about uh, Wolf Creek. Yes. Where... You had mentioned that this is kind of what horror does, is that you have a movie, it's like, kind of stands on its own. Mm -hmm. You're rooting for the good guy, you're rooting against the villain. Mm -hmm. And then, come sequel time, the villain's kind of the the most interesting thing. Mm -hmm. So you you just kind of start rooting for the villain more and more as Mm -hmm. the series progresses. And that's just, that's what this felt like to me. This is, it's Chucky's movie. Whereas last one felt more like Andy's movie, this yeah. one definitely feels like Chucky's movie. So, especially compared to where this goes, though, I still feel like Chucky is the antagonist. Yes, like definitely. he's still mean. Mm-hmm. He's still vile. He's, I don't think we're rooting for. You're not wanting him to get Andy, are you? No, he still wants. He still wants his soul into Andy. He still has that that hope that he will get out of the good guy doll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't feel like. So you're you're right. You, there's definitely more Chucky in this movie, mm-hmm. but I still don't think he turns into the the anti protagonist. No, at all. But you know, like when he when he kills the teacher, how how does he kill the teacher with a yardstick? Okay, so he stabs her like in the heart, and then pumps her heart full of air. She pretty much should have been dead at that point. Yeah, that should kill her. But yeah, he. But then he beats to... her to death with a yardstick. <laughs> As much I am. A close to healthy 30-something-year-old. Close is a bit of a stretch, but okay. <laughs> so I'm a 30-something-year-old. Yes. I don't think that I could beat someone to death with a yardstick. No. I don't think the average person could beat someone to death with a yardstick. No. Especially not a, a doll no. who is not quite human at this point have you met a doll that could kill someone with a yardstick yet justin i can't say that i have russ well there you go evidence <laughs> it's proof myth busted <laughs> yeah that was it definitely stuck out to me i'm like how the yeah. hell does he kill her with that but i think it was mostly the air to the heart yeah is really what did it there he was um, he was just beating her for fun at that point when we when we ended the as soon as we stopped recording mm-hmm. child's play I said, oh, crap, I forgot to bring up. I had the vague recollection of how they brought back Chucky in 2. Mm-hmm. And I remember like him being melted down or whatever, but I couldn't come to grips with why they would be doing that. Right. And I guess they explained it about as good as they can. Like they're trying to prove that everything's normal with the unit. There's zero reason for him, them to bring him back. Um, they needed another movie. I think they tried. They tr- they try they they explain it, and then they immediately shit on it. Like, okay, we're doing this so that you can show the stockholders and all this other stuff, 
and then it's just ah fuck them the stockholders we don't care yeah throw them away i shove them up your ass is what he actually says so there's other films series that don't even get it that credit it's just like he's back deal with it bitches so i appreciate seeing this and i don't want to spoil later upcoming series that we're going to watch but relative to other things that I've seen, yeah. this is a phenomenal explanation, man. Like, <laughs> well, they kind of have to because in all in both of these movies so far, Chucky dies real good. He really does. He really does. Like there, it's he dies like eight times. <laughs> he does. There was. There's I, always that. There's always that final surprise, which I, I'm sure is probably a cliche because of of this series yeah. and and others like it. Mm-hmm. But he, he has that cliche, he feels that he ticks that box every time, and it's always good. Um, the So Andy ends up being at a, an orphanage, mm-hmm. moving into foster care. His mom went crazy. While we are seeing him being assessed by a child psychologist, mm-hmm. said child psychologist has a rat tail. <laughs> and you referenced that you had a rat tail at one point? And you, re- you referenced that you had a mullet? I did so talk to me about your time frames and memories of of rat tails like it's kindergarten first grade it was it was 1990 probably it was exactly this time frame yes like i point we were the exact same age as andy in this like when the kids when he got on the bus at one point i was like mm-hmm. that's our bus yeah he's a couple years older than us but yeah i mean relative we would have went to school with andy yeah um but this was definitely the era of Six-year-old kids having rat tails. Yes. I don't know about, like, late 30s, early 40s. <laughs> there's always Balding somebody, child psycholo- psychologist. There's always somebody hanging on. He's trying, you know, he's just trying to rap with the kids, puts the chair on backwards, uh, you know, to meet them on their terms. I definitely had a mullet, I think. Like, I remember having t-ball pictures of me <laughs> with, with said mullet. I definitely have pictures of my little brother with mullet. Um, and I'm pretty confident that I had them during this time frame too. Yeah, that's just white country. That's timeless. It is. It's. Uh, I think that's the quickest way to date a movie is by looking at the hair. Yeah. And we're gonna do the same thing. You know, our kids are gonna do the same thing when they watch the stuff or look at our pictures from right now when we think we've got our act together. I don't have my i. My hair looks exactly like this. Because I'm too lazy to go get a haircut. That's a good reason. Yeah. Um, That's probably why I'm single. The, the, uh, if you are a foster parent mm-hmm. or a child psychologist, okay, how do you look at Andy as anything besides being incredibly fucked up? Oh yeah. Like it's black and white if yeah. you're them. Like this is just this kid has yeah. tons of problems. He has schizophrenia. I would and... not want him in my house. Right. Let alone my house that I've seemed to have kind of devoted my life to fostering children, but yet I keep filled with knickknacks that are valuable and fragile. Yeah, with like Hummel figures and lawn jockeys and for some reason in the middle of Chicago whaling equipment (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm sure you can use it for more than whaling i mean chicago is on a on a lake a large that was like antique whaling great lake if you will Uh, but the uh it uh 
that house didn't make sense that they're that, like that passionate about kids. She's passionate about fostering. Yeah. Graham Garrett. He definitely, didn't seem, he definitely feels like he got dragged into it. He, he did get dragged into it. This was her yeah. idea. At one point you were like, he just wants to collect whaling supplies. That's it. <laughs> Lawn jockeys. That's and all he wants. And she wants to foster and nurture children. Gas station, native American statues. It, uh, yeah, they were kind of a weird couple. Yeah. But I feel like believable in that like yeah. he was he was giving her what she wanted by letting them do the foster parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't his bag. Yeah. I th- so one of the things about Andy in the first movie is it seems like he was written by people who don't actually have kids. Like it's like we referenced in real early on in the It's Alive episode. Like he's just like a perfect kid. So mm-hmm. obviously the writer has no idea what kids are. Mm-hmm. This one, I feel like the couple was actually written really believably. Yeah, they nobody was perfect. Right. They bickered. Yes. They both had their faults. Mm-hmm. They were both wrong. They were both right. Yeah. Like so. the, they had the argument uh, after, by the way, no one ever cares that the teacher died. That's never brought up again. I just realized that. No, nobody cares in the slightest. <laughs> but it's after that scene. Uh, they, they're nobody had, cares that the guy that works for the toy company dies. Yeah, he just had had to hold his. Why was why were the stock? Why is the conference room right next to the, like the R and D room? Anyway. <laughs> Um, you well, this factory was obviously designed by Willy Wonka. Yeah, because it's run by exactly one person who just sits on his ass, and when an alarm goes off, goes ah crap. And he's so he's the security guard, repairman, mm-hmm. technical director. Keep going. Uh, he's editor. He's everything because yeah. he's the only person that works during at this factory that it runs overnight. Apparently, yeah, just twenty four seven. Apparently, fully automated. Yeah, no people, except this dude. That was, but but it looked like a Willy Wonka factory, right? Yeah, like the colors, the spiraling shoots, mm-hmm. the fact that these dolls were obviously made from hard plastic, mm-hmm. like the cheapest hard plastic Barbie doll. But that's yeah. not what the good die dolls were actually made of. No. Um. So. Obviously, I see every reason why they did that. It's way cheaper to make the hard yeah. plastic than so. So it I look like they were setting up a weird game of mousetrap. So I get every every reason for it, mm-hmm. and I'm nitpicking at this point because it's, it's the w- scene of the climax yeah, of the movie. So. Which, from a visual perspective, I'd much rather see that than yeah. like literally brown boxes stacked, which is what an actual warehouse would look like. Mm-hmm. Because who the hell designed the layout of where it's, these pallets are stacked? Yeah. These pallets are literally a maze that are stacked. You couldn't drive a forklift in between them. These are loosely stacked individual boxes. These don't come in brown boxes or cases, and they're on the cheapest pallets ever. I'm going to go out on a limb and say whoever designed the layout of this needs to be fired. You know who didn't design it? OSHA. <laughs> definitely not no (laughs) there's no lockout tag out procedure for the eyeball insertion machine because he's literally laying underneath it and still like oh this doesn't come down (laughs) i'm the only person here oh which by the way from the since they showed that machine at the very beginning you're like okay someone's gonna get it with that thing and they did it was nice they did Chekhov's eye gouger thingy they got it um 
I love, and this is still happening in this movie, and you've seen Bride, so this isn't any kind of a spoiler, but obviously the comedic aspect becomes more prevalent than it is now. Yeah, he he curses a lot more. He curses, but the other thing is, is he's always had a pretty dark sense of humor throughout this whole thing. Like, yeah. He, we might not be laughing, but he's laughing the whole time at these jokes that he's making about him at the expense of the people that he's killing. Yeah. So um, as we move into three and then into four, I don't think it's that far of a stretch from a character perspective it's, it's that he's making these jokes. It fe- Yeah, it feels like knowing from where one and two are and where Bride of Chucky is, what I remember of it, it's more just a, the character doesn't really change. It's more of a shift of the focus of the movie. Exactly. Exactly. There's not a big change as far you can see it. It's like if I followed you on one day, it'd be jovial and funny and laughing. Right. If I followed you on another day, it'd probably be filled with sadness and Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. <laughs> lots and lots of Cheez-Its. <laughs> Cheez-Its? are far superior to cheese nips. Yeah, cheese nips suck. You go you always go cheese it's and then every now and then some better cheddar. Better cheddars. I don't think I even They're know. They're the what... little round ones. They're not great, but they have a certain je ne sais quoi hmm. that just every now and then fills that void. I think I have the same thing with chicken and a biscuit. As you have with better cheddars. I do not like chicken and a biscuit. No? No. I have. I, I like a chicken and a biscuit every now and then. I, that's, I can't sit down and eat Oh, no, you eat, a like, couple. You eat like ten of them and you're no. done. I, I eat one and I'm like, that was different. Okay, how many Cheez-Its do you eat, though? A box. There you go. <laughs> I also thought, until I was probably 15, I thought they were called chicken in a basket. <laughs> For some reason, also, which is funny because I think that's what they're playing off of. But is that a thing that people say? I the only time I've said it when I'm saying chicken and a biscuit wrong <laughs> is when I've said it. Is that like chicken of the sea? The other, which is the the subpar. That's the yeah. cheese nips of tuna fish. Yeah, I don't even see cheese nips anymore. I think cheese it's won. They they should have won. Yeah. Um. A note that I made on the last, uh, on Child's Play, mm-hmm. when I was talking about Chucky and Charles. Yeah. Uh, I also always thought, until super recently, that the song Barbara Ann mm-hmm. by the Beach Boys, yeah. that they were singing Ba Ba Ba, meaning B-A-H, 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 Ba Ba Baran. B-A-H, B-A-H, B-A-H. A R A N. Yeah. And I didn't know what it meant. Yeah. I'm going to admit that it was the same way. But what, what I thought what, they were just singing nonsense. I thought they were singing nonsense a thousand percent. Yeah. Uh, you're holding. Uh, so I really wish that I would have upgraded a Blu ray on this because mm-hmm. these, these one DVDs, looked pretty shitty. Yeah. Uh, two didn't look as bad, but didn't look great. Yeah. Two wasn't noticeably bad. No. One, one was pretty it shitty. It was a little distracting. Yeah. Uh, so you're holding the Chucky collection. It's the Chucky collection, which I'm holding because it's called the Chucky collection. It's just two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. I that makes no sense to me. It's not. It's not. These are the ones with Chucky in the title. 
and it's not here is everything up to a point. It's just like here's the middle, just for no reason. Mm-hmm. So here's a couple things I want to explain to you. The first one is the way that a timeline works, and that is there was a point in time when every movie didn't exist in a series. I understand that. Okay, so that's one. But you start with one. Two, the so, they change companies. One was made by one company. Two uh, forward was made through like Universal or something. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it, that's the situation with that. I'm not disagreeing. It doesn't seem weird, <laughs> but that's the the real answer. Is that so you, you know got, on a shelf? It's still kind of absurd. You got two different. I have the Harry Potter companies. collection. It was the first four Harry Potters because those are the ones that were out. Exactly. It wasn't two, three, and four. Yeah. Um, but that's what it is. Is one is owned by one person, two, three, and four are owned by another. Yeah, this one uh, same producer, different director. Mm-hmm. Did they have a different writer? Nope. I didn't. Same guy. Same guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Andy mm-hmm. has a, a pretty substantial sweater collection. Yeah, I feel like the director saw The Shining and yes! was like, that's "I exactly, need that's what I need in my character." Yes, that's exact. It felt exactly like The Shining. Like mm-hmm. he was completely just. Get me one with a stoplight with no green. Yeah. Is that what it was? Was it missing a green? It only had two. Yeah, it was, yeah, just a it was weird missing, car. It was, one yeah. that had like a weird plane yes, on it. That's exactly what it was. It was yeah. completely just trying to replicate the yeah. shining. 100%. Um, did they use stop motion for Chucky at one point? Where are you talking? I don't remember. Uh, I, he, it was a close up and he was talking and I felt like it was stop motion. Uh, but that being said, I still feel like Chucky was great in this movie. Yeah. There was a lot more of him mm-hmm. and he never, he never felt like a doll apart from, I don't Why know, when he, when Andy was wearing him like a backpack. That's okay. the only time he kind of felt like a doll. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you that one. But His he, legs he, were a little floppy and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the rest of the time he felt like a, a character. Yeah. When he was all floppy on his back, you ask if that was Ed Gale pulling the stunt. <laughs> so he was carrying around a grown man on his back. Yeah. Uh, and it reminded me, I didn't bring up in the last one. So um, after we, we met Ed Gale at, uh, at a convention quite a few years ago, mm-hmm. my wife friended him on Facebook and stuff. And uh, maybe my favorite Facebook post I've ever seen. She showed me, this was even before I was on Facebook. She showed me and she said, hey, I want to sh- remember Ed Gale. Yeah, of course. Well, here's a post. And it was him he'd he'd written apparently the cool thing to do now is take a picture with your shirt off in front of the mirror so i guess i'll do that now and all you saw was a hand and a camera reaching up because he is obviously (laughs) a little person and it was the funniest thing that i've seen probably my favorite facebook post ever that's great uh i have to hand it to him that's legitimately funny yeah um the there's a moment when the his foster sister mocks him so they're like going to school the day after she comes home and chucky had him tied up Mm -hmm. so they're walking to school and she's like what's the matter is chucky gonna come to get you yeah which first of all that's his given you think chucky doesn't exist that's his psychosis yes exactly and you're just like tickling him (laughs) chucky's gonna get you Uh, he should have reminded him about his dead dad while he's yeah. at it. Like, <laughs> you, Chuck, you going to come to get you because your dad's not because he's dead. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, the the dad death in this movie is great. 
the he where he uses his whaling supplies. Yes. And hooks his leg, which first I thought he was going to impale his foot. Yes. And it, I did not. I, I was pre freaking out. I, I did not like that. But then he just hooks him, so he falls over the the basement steps, and uh, delivers the one liner. Uh, how's it hanging, Phil? And I love that he calls him. Yes. He says that like they've been to barbecues together. <laughs> That's my favorite part. I think that might be my favorite part of the movie is he just says it like they're equals. Yeah. They know each other. Like he's just going to be like, what's up, Chuck? Like he knows exactly who it is. I I feel kind of weirdly great. So, you know, I I have a great deal of empathy in me, mm-hmm. so I think that's part of the reason I've stayed away from a lot of these movies. So, the whole p- premise of this movie is Chucky's real. Everyone thinks Andy is having a nervous breakdown or some sort of episode, and imagine it all. Part of me loves... That before they died, each one of them realized that it was a doll that was killing them. <laughs> and that, you know what? Andy was right. There's just there, that little part in my brain that goes, okay, here's some dopamine. He did have a redeeming quality. Like, uh, Andy was redeemed throughout the, the film from pretty much everybody. Yeah. So that's good for him. Which, to be fair, Phil had the best, probably, expression of, oh, what's going on? Oh, shit, there's a doll. Uh, I guess I'm dead. <laughs> That that played in his face just perfectly. Yeah, it worked out well. Um, going backwards a little bit, we talked about how like he gets on the bus, mm-hmm. and we recognized that like that was our elementary school experience. Yeah, a couple of elementary school moments came to me, mm-hmm. uh, and I suppose there might be a better time to do this, but I'm doing it now. So, and there there wasn't one in this movie, but like so many movies have the bully from school. Yeah. I never really saw that throughout my school experience. Mm-hmm. Did you? Uh, yeah, I was a fat kid. I got bullied. Did you? Okay. I don't um, Can we tell a bully story? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I've got two things I was going to bring up. All right. Let uh, me quickly tell you yes, the story absolutely. of the one and only fight that I've ever been in. Okay. Second grade. Uh... There was a kid who was fatter than I was. He was in first grade and like, I think like 250 pounds. Like he at one point had to get pins put into his hip. Okay. So real big guy. But his defense mechanism, which I later learned in life, uh, was latch on to the bully and be the lackey. Okay. Right? So he was the toady from Christmas Story. Yes. Okay. So he and the the main bully in school corner me at recess one well, day. Well, I know who this is because we went to elementary school together. This is before we went to elementary school together. Okay. This is second grade. We started in fourth. Okay. It's weird that I have known you for that long. Yeah. Anyway, so second grade, they corner me in recess, and there's no way out. The bully wants to fight me. All right. Just because you're the fat kid? I guess. Just to because it'll be fun, and it'll get his rep up or something. 
and he you're in what grade? Second grade. And he's in the grade below you. No, the, he's in the. They're all. We're all in second grade. Okay. I thought you said somebody was a grade below you. The fat, the other fatter kid. He he was like two hundred. He had to have hips, uh, hip pins put in in first grade. Okay. This is second grade now. Okay. So. He decides that he is going to fight me. And I want nothing to do with this, but it's happening in front of me. So he comes in and like hits me in the stomach and it sucks. And I kind of back off. Then he goes to kick me in the balls. And this is when my fat saves my life. Because he really doesn't make it past my thighs. <laughs> so then I was like, you know what? That's a great idea. I kick him in the balls. But he's just a skinny rail. He goes down hard. And I get to walk away. And all the kids are cheering. Because I just beat up the bully. And then like. Ten years later, I saw him randomly at a hockey game, and he was like, "Oh, telling his dad like we, how we were best friends." And I was like, "I hated that kid," <laughs> but I did kick him in the balls. Uh, I've only so ever, I've been in one fight, and I won. I've been in one fight. Um, so for years, I detasseled corn. Have I referenced this before? I don't think on the podcast. No. Okay, so I detasseled corn. Which what that is for anybody that doesn't know. Is, Anyone who's not a country boy. And if you're in the Midwest, I think you know. So you walk up and down miles upon miles of corn. And I'm not exaggerating at all because no. you walk the length of the cornfield, which could which be a couple acres, could be. Could be acres to miles long. Mm-hmm. You hit the end and you turn around. Yeah. And then you've only went, when you've done that, if you've went through two rows, you've hit four rows of corn. Yeah. As an individual. And you have, on the opposite dimension, up to miles to go of that. Right. And width-wise, 12 feet. <laughs> exactly. And it's taking you all day? It's taking you all day to walk. You know, yeah, it's pretty yeah. bad. So, so, in addition to just the walking, you start at 6 or 7 in the morning when the corn is soaking wet. Mm-hmm. And so, at that moment, you don't want to get wet. So, maybe you'll wear a poncho. Mm-hmm. So you're wearing a poncho. If you don't wear a poncho, you're soaking wet. And then by noon, it's scorching hot and you are drying off while the stuff is evaporating off of you. Yeah. You also have to make the decision. Your two options are either wear long sleeve shirts so that you don't get cut by corn. Mm -hmm. Because anybody that doesn't live near corn, that is saw blades. Yeah. The leaves are saw blades. They're serrated and they will cut your skin just like a paper cut Mm -hmm. or a cardboard cut it is painful death by a thousand cuts so you get the choice between wearing short sleeve shirts and being cooler but Mm -hmm. getting cut or long sleeve shirts and being hot yeah um so it's a pretty miserable existence Mm -hmm. that's why i never did it because i'm smart so the reason you know why i did it uh, i to support your peacock farm i (laughs) (laughs) lies mixing stories here so I, I think about this all the time when I realize how old I am. Mm-hmm. I worked for an entire summer detasseling corn and umpiring Little League Baseball <laughs> to save up. Do you know what I saved up for? What did you save up for, Russ? A Discman. 
I worked my ass off for an entire summer to save up like the $180 or whatever <laughs> to buy a Discman. The minimum wage then was five fifteen, and I was detasseling corn, undoubtedly the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. All summer for a Discman. And now I get so angry and bitter when I see him for like $12 at the store. Yeah. And I'm like, I worked for an entire <laughs> summer for that. I feel like I've told the story on the podcast. Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so we're uh, I'm detesting corn, mm-hmm. and I was in charge of this group because I'd done it for a year or two. Okay. And for Moving some completely completely dumb reason, I, I'm putting myself at fault here. Maybe the other guy was at fault as well. But we ended up having these rival groups for some reason, like a competition, like n- worse or than like sharks and jets. I don't get that joke. It's a West Side Story reference. Yes. Okay. So that's like where they <laughs> snap their fingers and fight, right? Yes. That's exactly what it was. It was completely a blood and crips thing that I think was just divided solely off of my group versus his group, mm-hmm. right? And this, so for whatever reason, our groups hated each other. And at one point, we ended up like throwing down in the middle of the cornfield where we did a couple shoving things back and forth. What? Yeah. <laughs> there's no reason for it at all. There's no reason for it. And that is the hickest ass shit I've ever heard of. <laughs> Thank you. And I, I think you'll be the first to say this might sound like I'm hillbilly. I don't think I am in the slightest. We grew up in the hillbilly areas. Yeah, b- b- so it might be there, but I don't, yeah. there's no. Have you seen anything camouflage in my house? No, I'm like, not saying you are. I'm saying yes. it's around us. Yeah, absolutely. It's so weird. sometimes it's we might participate, <laughs> even though it's not our day to day. So for, for some reason, I have no idea why we decided we needed to fight. So we fought. Uh, I think he punched me once. I think I punched him once. But he like bit down on his lower lip and like had a big chunk out of his lip. Like uh, on purpose? N- no, 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 no. Like I is he like him. this is how much of a man I am? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, like fucking mind games. Because <laughs> if so, I don't want to fight that guy. No, no, no. I wouldn't either. No, it was like I hit him and he bit a chunk out of his bottom lip. Mm-hmm. So I think that I won. <laughs> but that being said, like you could talk to him and he would have a total. Like I'd kind of really like to talk to that guy again, and I don't remember his name. The only thing I really remember is that he was tall, skinny, and Asian. Um, and I've seen well, we him live in like the whitest area ever. I've so. seen him. I've seen him a few times, just over the past, you know, decade and a half or whatever. Mm-hmm. And my immediate reaction is, I have like the visceral reaction, like I need to punch that I guy need to in punch the face. That <laughs> he punched me before I need to punch him. <laughs> I have no reason to do that at all. Like I really, down like it's a hockey match. I really want to sit down and talk to him. Like, why did we not like each other? Because I don't know. <laughs> um, so that takes me to to another thing. So I don't re- remember the resolution to this, which seems weird. Okay. There was a kid in between second and fourth grade who I don't remember his, I don't remember who it was. I remember he was tall and blonde and we didn't get along. We didn't get along, but he was also dorky. It's not like he was a cool kid. Mm -hmm. So we didn't get along for whatever reason. And I remember standing inside going into the school from recess and he ran up to me and he said, I'm going to tell the teacher what you did. 
And I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, you broke my glasses. I said, what are you talking about? And he shows me his pair of glasses. Definitely broken. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't do that. What are you talking about? And he said, yes, you did. You broke my glasses. You ran up, you broke my glasses, and you ran away. I'm like, and I'm thinking, there's no way I could run away faster than <laughs> you could. You would have caught me if I was running from you. There, there's no way that I outran this kid, yeah. right? And I'm flabbergasted. And he went up and told the teacher that I broke his glasses. And that's the end of my memory <laughs> of this so situation. A thrilling story. Of this situ- but here's the paradox to me. Mm-hmm. If you're the teacher, yeah. of course you're going to believe that kid. Yeah. If somebody, if he's holding a pair of broken glasses, says that kid broke my glasses, mm-hmm. you're going to believe that kid. You kind of have to. I don't remember a phone call. I don't remember getting talked to about it. I don't remember anything. And I still don't remember. So the two options are yeah. that kid broke his own glasses or accidentally broke his own glasses mm-hmm. and thought, let me blame it on this kid that I've been fighting with because right. I don't like him anyway. You've been fighting with this kid also? I Not literally fighting. Yeah. Just we didn't get along. The other option would be someone else ran up and broke his glasses and he misattributed it to me mm-hmm. because I believed that he believed that I did it when he was talking to me. Yeah. So I kind of want to figure out who the heck that kid was. Did I break his glasses? <laughs> we, just picked both, up. we were both kind of roly-poly. So he just picked some other chubby kid in the yeah. class. Um, but I, I like at this point, I have no reason to lie if I broke his glasses or not. Yeah. I didn't break this kid's glasses. And I, this is homework for me. I need to find out from my mom if she ever got a phone call about that. <laughs> Note to self. All right. Did you ever get in trouble at school? I got sent to the principal's office one time in elementary school. I, okay. I won't tell you about the time I deserved it because it's maybe a little too embarrassing. But let me tell you about the time I didn't <laughs> deserve it. You just left a little nugget out there for later. Yep. So... I was on the bus, minding my own business, and a kid came up to me, decided to have words. He grabbed my hand and bit my finger. Very obvious bite marks, no no marks or anything on him. Pretty straightforward. I tell the bus driver, bus driver's like, that's messed up. You should go to the principal. I go to the principal. This kid bit me. The principal decided in his head that it was both of our faults. And Is this where we went to elementary school together? Yes. Okay. So I know the same principal as the time I got sent to the principal's office. Go ahead. He bashed our heads together <laughs> this and goes, then sent us out. This goes in line with mine so well. <laughs> This guy won multiple Principal of the Year awards. And to this day, like, I still feel like I like the guy. He seems like a good guy. <laughs> I think but that... he bashed two <laughs> eight-year-olds' heads together. I think that's what happened, though, in 1993. No! No! I think it is. It obviously was. It happened. It could happen to you. So, the other t- So I got sent to the principal's office. Uh, let me back up for a second. So you reminded me because you were obviously uh, a rat also. Yeah. A narc. I, a kid pulled my hair. I, I don't even remember the instances leading up to this. A kid pulled my hair on the bus at one point, And I just remember crying and telling uh, we rode to the bus with a bunch of Amish kids. Yeah. 
and I couldn't tell them apart. <laughs> so I told the bus driver that one of the Amish kids pulled my hair and basically like in her head, like in hindsight, she was like, what the fuck do you want me to do about it? They all look the same. I don't know which one's which. Um, <laughs> was your bus like the back like seven rows? It was, it was their domain. It was segregated. It's so messed up to say. It, it was, but the it was back their domain the... and you you can't go in there. No. The, they will back... shun you the fuck back to the front of the bus. <laughs> the back of the bus was for Amish. Yes. We lived in a society. We lived where there was segregation. Yes. If you were sitting in the back of the bus because you were an early kid, they and you were would... like, I'm claiming this. This is mine. And they were the no. big kids. They were the big kids. They, they were, were the eighth graders. Yeah. They've been throwing bales of hay since they were four. Yes. You don't have a shot in hell. Still in my mind, when I think about those guys, they would beat the shit out of me right now. When yeah. I think about the back of the bus with those Amish dudes. Yeah. They were, they, they looked like Goldberg in my oh, mind. Yeah. In my mind, that's every single one of them looked like yeah. that. One of them pulled my hair. To this day, I don't know which one, but I cried and I told the bus driver. Nice. And she didn't do anything i'm sure because she didn't know who it was because i couldn't tell her the it was the, basically the amish the like amish mafia the, the other time that i told on somebody in elementary school we had one black kid in our elementary school mm-hmm. and i think he was a grade older than us yeah and he pushed me off the swing and like i fell down yeah and i went to tell the the uh the teacher, the 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 monitor at recess. Yeah, but even at that time, I think my white guilt had set in. So <laughs> I could I guilt. I could have said it was the black kid, and she would have known exactly who I was talking about because there's literally one on the playground. Yeah, one on the playground. Yeah, but I didn't. So instead, I went through like this giant process of describing what he was wearing. <laughs> I, I still remember he was wearing like. Uh, he was wearing jeans and a red and black plaid jacket. Mm-hmm. So for the longest time, I kept trying to describe what he was wearing. And she looked at me and she said, I swear to God, this is the t- this is how old we are and where we grew up. Mm-hmm. She looked at me and said, the colored boy? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and I was oh. like, yep. That was him. She went and yelled at him and like made him stand by the wall the rest of the <laughs> recess. <laughs> but I wasn't about to throw that out there. I stood there for seemingly forever, just kept describing what he was wearing. Wow. Um, she with, threw out a color. <laughs> she, but I don't. Oh, yeah. It's bad. Don't, yeah, you can't. Um, so my time that I got sent to the principal's office, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was the kid that got bullied more than anybody else in the class. Yeah. And I still wasn't bullying him and I don't remember exactly what led to it, but I like went to joke. Like I was going to sit on his lap for some reason, like, Oh, this is your seat. I'm going to take it. And I went to sit on his lap and he told the teacher that I, that I hurt his leg. So maybe, maybe I'm a fat kid and I put some weight on him and it legit hurt his legs. Or maybe you just really scared him. Or maybe I scared him, or maybe he was so paranoid that he was always getting picked on that he thought I was picking on him. Right. Um, any of those things. Yeah. But one thing I can tell you, I wasn't trying to hurt this kid. Mm-hmm. So he goes and tells the teacher, we both get sent to the principal's office. The principal's resolution, the same one that bashed your two head together, yeah. was he told the kid to sh- show me what I did to him and hurt my legs the same as I did his. <laughs> So, so he instructed this third or fourth grader to like stand up and punch me in the thigh, basically. And wow. then he was like, "Dismissed. Go away." <laughs> so 
So that was like a 20 minute tangent <laughs> that you first, I want to say you brought up saying, you know what wasn't in this movie? Bullying. Let's talk about bullying. I saw the elementary school thing. I did see. Hey, just wanted you, to point that out. You know what wasn't in this movie? Tennis. Let's talk for an extended length of time. Why about do the girls tennis. always grunt so much? I don't understand it. <laughs> Um, anyway, shopping carts. Every time I go shopping, there's mm-hmm. a squeaky one. Yeah. Um, Child's Play 2 is what we're talking about, everybody, in case we <laughs> forgot there. Um, the, uh. Vamp, vamp. Vamp, vamp, vamp. The lady, the, the girl's name is Kyle. I have never, ever, 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 ever in my life known or heard about other than this movie, a girl, woman, any female Kyles. No. So was this, ri- was this written for a male? And then they just kept the name? <laughs> I mean, that would be weird. Just be like, oh, okay, uh, Kyla. It's Kyla now. I, I don't have answers to this. I'm not going to even pretend. Um, you know what I do have answers for mm-hmm. the towards the end. Was there a, did you have flashbacks of discovery zone when they were climbing up the little rolly <laughs> things? Yeah. Okay. I went there like once. Oh, you missed out, dude. I went there once. It was awkward. Why? Uh, it was. So my uncle, like by blood got divorced from my aunt okay and so we went with my ex aunt and cousin and it was the first time we'd seen each other in a while and like they were just like let's set up a play date we're not helping our like it was really redneck white trash <laughs> thing by you describing like divorce this, no like, yeah this, that no one <laughs> no one but us ex get divorced <laughs> this like complicated family relationship go ahead that anyway, was, so it was, that was it. it was awkward. It was weird. I remember nothing about it except it being weird. Um, should we explain? Is Discovery Zone a thing people know? I have no idea. Well, no, because I mean, probably it's possible that our average listener is way younger than we are. Yeah. What's Discovery Zone? I I don't know. It's a place with a ball pit and some stuff. Oh, I had way more than that. It was like, all right, imagine like you're the one that's excited about it. Go imagine for it. like water beds that you could jump on, and then you <laughs> climb up. You climb up multiple levels, and then there would be like a slide, but it was a slide made out of little rollers, like a conveyor belt type roller. Okay. And there would be somebody standing at the bottom that worked there that was always like, hands up, so you didn't pinch your fingers in between there. That's what reminded me of this. It's like, all right, we built a really shitty thing, so we need to hire a guy to be like, yo, don't don't rip all your skin off. That's exactly what hands it was. Hands up for safety. That's exactly what it was. Um, I'm getting paid five fifteen an hour. In my mind, it was like I still remember it, and it was hu- it was the size of the warehouse of yeah. Child's Play Two. Yeah, but I still I'll drive by the place that it was, mm-hmm. and it's literally a dollar store now. Yeah, it's a little tiny little strip mall. But in my mind, yeah, it was epic mm-hmm. and huge. The big I only remember one specific time going there. We went there multiple times, but I attempted to because there were multiple levels. Yeah. I convinced my brother, who's a few years younger than me, also chubby, to get on my shoulders. 
while I was standing on basically this waterbed. Yeah. And I would walk. And what happened was a moment where he put his weight on me. <laughs> I collapsed. Did you did you guys pop the waterbed? I was convinced that my neck was broken <laughs> because I couldn't hold him at all. And I'm standing on a waterbed, which is not a great surface to stand on for anything, let alone holding another person that's close to your own body weight. So I like collapsed down and his rest of his body weight still just came down on my neck and just the sickening crunch sound <laughs> where even as like a 10 year old kid, I was like, I might've just broken my neck and died. Yeah. That's my big memory. But I wish that we still had Discovery Zone. So basically, it's a fun time. It was a fun time. Um, two things about the climax yeah. related to the warehouse or the the factory. Mm-hmm. First, as a child, I remember I had a I didn't think about this until I was watching it. There's the ho- so after Chucky gets the uh, plastic, the liquid plastic. Mm-hmm. That has a valve, yeah, because you and a port for why would that ever exist? Why would you need? Because you need to, to open vent that. off excess molten plastic, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so, so they cover Chucky in the molten plastic. Okay, mm-hmm. so that was my first question: Why does this valve exist? And then there's the hose that is a hydraulic hose of some point or, mm-hmm. or a compressor hose. He'd cut it with his knife hand. Okay, so it's going crazy. When I watched this as a 12-year-old or whatever I was, yeah, I thought that was Chucky's intestines going crazy. <laughs> and I didn't remember that until I was watching that. I was like, had a moment where I was like, wait a minute, that's not his intestines. Yeah. What I thought about it was that basically she shoves it in his mouth and there's like lots of room around it. And, and then, then when it, they cut to inflating, he's, it looks like he's basically biting down on it. <laughs> this whole thing could have been solved by Chucky slightly opening his mouth yeah. and spitting it out. Mm-hmm. But he decided to clamp down on he it. He got locked jaw and at he the lo- exact wrong time. He looked like a garbage pail kid at that point. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he looked like. Um, you got anything else for Child's Play 2, Justin? No. Um, I'm excited for Child's Play 3. It's the last of the Child's Plays mm-hmm. before they just like, fuck it, it's a Chucky movie. So, yeah, th- th- so this is a great example where they totally concede, obviously, like, all right, obviously you guys want Chucky. Fuck you. Here's Chucky. Right. It took, what, 10 movies for Friday the 13th to be like, no, nah, this is a Jason movie yeah, now. That's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't do that for nine. They still have never done it for Freddy. Yeah. Cool. Um. So what do you expect to see for the rest of the series? Uh, a lot more Chucky. Uh, I'm assuming Andy is probably bailed out. I I think if we see him again, it won't be till like five or six. So I, I'm expecting fresh set of, fresh set of characters that kind of close the whole loop on the getting his soul into Andy in mm-hmm. this one. So he's he's a doll forever. So he's just got to embrace it, I guess. There we go. Ready for Child's Play three? Detastle. <laughs>